So for today's podcast, looking forward to a good conversation. David Smith, superintendent of EVSC, uh, in to talk about this. So, David, first of all, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to have a conversation with us. And, you know, here we are. We're ready to start talking about uh, what we've really come to in terms of reopening the EVSC. We know that, like all districts across the state and nation, things came to an abrupt close in mid-March. So a lot of work has gone into finishing last school year, even though it was in a very unique way. And now as we move forward and looking at what we're going to be doing here in terms of reopening the EVSC for this coming school year. So you want to just get us started off. I, I know, I, I guess this is such an overwhelming topic to talk about. Let's just break it down by this way. I know there are several guiding principles that have really led your work and all of us here as we've been processing this. So you want to touch base on those first, and then we'll kind of just move through the rest of uh, what we want to share. Sure, absolutely. Well, the guiding principles uh, really for the reopening and then recovery portion of schools, really the health and well-being of our students and staff is paramount. Uh, and then we also wanted to make certain that we had options for every uh, need that our family has as we move from reopening to recovery. And then finally, it's very important to us that we understand the collaboration that this is going to take as well as the cooperation of all stakeholders. This is going to be a different year for us and for everybody. Sure. And, you know, as we as we move forward and, and look at this, I think just personally, I know how much I appreciate the fact that we've spent so much time talking about the the vital importance of that relationship between students, teachers, family members. You want to touch right. on that? Certainly. Um you know, we we did the best we could, I think, with the virtual learning that uh, we sure. uh, <laughs> that we were required to do in very Absolutely. short notice. Uh, if we were required to do that again, things will certainly be different the second time around. But uh, nothing takes the place of that important relationship between teacher and student. So we know that that is incredibly important. We want to do everything we possibly can to get back into school. And the other aspect of this is that we know that parents uh, that work outside the home have to have that stability and knowing that schools are going to operate on a regular basis. Uh, so actually, when we do open on Wednesday, August the 5th, we do not intend to employ the A-B schedule that many school districts are talking about. But right. when we open, we anticipate every student being in our schools every day. And, and, you know, you bring up an interesting point there. Of course, we understand the importance of reopening schools because of the, for just for the educational purposes of all of our right. kids, whether they're kindergartners or seniors in high school or anywhere in between. But we also understand the role schools play in the community, all communities, for our case here in Vandenberg County, because as you said, if if we can't get kids into our buildings, then that's very problematic for parents who are trying to return to a work schedule. Absolutely. And, and parents have enough to be concerned about. We're trying to lift just one thing off of their their shoulders. Sure. Well, well, let's just go ahead and move forward and, and talk about some things. So I know as we've processed and we've planned and we've been working on this for many weeks now and the work will continue because we know flexibility is the key. So mm -hmm. these could be ever changing conditions from COVID-19, but we've really looked into three options. So maybe we'll just start there. You want to talk about option one? Well, before I do that, I've, there are some commonalities that I think we all can agree upon. Um, in order to do the best we can in limiting the spread of COVID-19, frequent thorough hand washing. We know how important sure. that is. Social distancing and the utilization of masks when uh, it's difficult to accomplish social distancing. And then finally, thorough cleaning and disinfecting. So those are 
those are factors that we will employ. Kind of the precursor, I should say, to option one. Right. Okay. So then we talk about option one, which is really learning at school. Uh, That really is the traditional uh, Mm in-person brick and mortar setting that will be different this year because of the the factors that I just talked about, uh, how we adjust our actions based upon Frequent and thorough hand washing, social distancing, and and uh, you know the the deep cleaning and, and disinfecting. But folks will be uh, most, I think, accustomed to that learning at school. Uh, really, I wouldn't call it an option. That really is the default. That's sure. the expectation. But as I mentioned before, in the guiding principles, we understand that everyone has unique circumstances. Sure. So, Especially when you have over 22,000 students right. like we have in EBSC. Absolutely. So then while option A, that learning at school is really the default, we do have other options. Uh, option B would really be our remote option. Okay. And that would be for students um, that have either a weakened immune system or perhaps they live with someone that has a weakened immune system, but someone that, that uh, really cannot or should not be in our traditional uh, learning at school setting. And I think the other thing that's important to note, as we continue to open up society and understand that as we're discussing this now, uh, we're not opening up for another six weeks. So things and conditions and and one's, um, I guess, comfort level are, are certainly probably going to change as sure. as. COVID-19 continues to change and morph. But um, there's a distinct possibility that if someone uh, is exposed to COVID-19 in their workplace and then the child goes home, uh, the expectation would be that then the child and the family basically self-quarantine for a number of days. Mm -hmm. So we want to also utilize the remote option for individuals that may find themselves in that certain uh, situation. So that remote option is different than option C, which is our virtual academy, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But the remote option really is that connectedness with one's school. Sure. So the the expectation that we have is that they will be taught by a teacher in their child's school. So that connection will still be there. Once again, one of the guiding or one of the key points is we understand the value of that student-teacher relationship. So we want to keep schools and kids connected to one another, but in, in the um, – in in the circumstances where perhaps they cannot attend school for a certain number of days, then that remote option will be. And and you talked about this at the very beginning of our conversation when we reflected back on virtual learning from the spring, right. which everyone worked so hard on. And we appreciate not only our folks, but all of our parents as well, who mm-hmm. suddenly became teachers out of their own homes. But when we look at this kind of somewhat temporary situation, the remote learning option, right. uh, really, we hope to maximize what we learned about best practice of virtual instruction to use during that time, whether it's a, a three, four, five-week period, if necessary. Correct. No, um, things will be very different this time around if, if uh, we have to go to virtual learning or, or the remote learning. But once again, I want to emphasize that the remote learning is really a connection, a direct connection to their school. Sure. So if students have to be out for three days, 10 days, or if they're out for a week, two weeks, 
they're still going to be connected into the content, to the curriculum of what's going on in their class, in their school building. And and we've even talked about attendance because all of us, even adults, you're used to thinking back to wanting to have good school attendance. And certainly we still want good school attendance, but we may have situations where a child for whatever unique situation is going on may need to take advantage of this remote learning option for a short-term basis. And like you said, with those connections, that ongoing learning, the attendance, even though they may not physically be in the seat at school, will not be an issue because they're going to continue to have those daily learning experiences. Correct. Okay. Okay. So we've talked about option one, just to recap, is that more the traditional, it's learning at school. It's what you think with the brick and mortar going to school. Um, option two, that remote learning option uh, for situations that may arise. And now option C, and this is an option we've always had, we've taken great pride in it, um, but I think it's definitely worth repeating. It's our EVSC Virtual Academy. You want to talk briefly about that? Absolutely. We have a nationally renowned virtual academy, uh, and we've had the EVSC Virtual Academy has been an existence, I believe, for about 12 years now and uh, has has really received acclaim throughout the nation. Uh, it's a different kind of virtual academy, but it is different than a remote option because virtual academy actually has its own separate curriculum. So it's not tied into a particular school, but certainly tied into Indiana academic sure. standards. But it is for those students uh, who currently utilize it for the year-long instruction mm-hmm. or for at least a semester of instruction. So um, not for everybody because it is very rigorous. And, it is, yeah. And difficult. Um but it is, a, I think, a great option for folks. I guess the best way to say it, to clarify, is the EVSC Virtual Academy is more of a commitment for at least a semester. It's not the short-term option. So if you're thinking short-term option because of a quarantine situation and a health situation, you're going to go with the remote learning option, not right. the EVSC Virtual Academy. Yeah, And, you know, the Virtual Academy in the past has been used by individuals that – dreamed of being professional uh, dancers and were studying perhaps in in Pennsylvania. Well, they could still receive their Indiana high school diploma by utilizing our virtual academy. So those are folks that are really committed to virtual learning because of other aspects going on in their lives. So I think it's very fortunate that we have that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are, are very adept at providing instruction virtually through that platform. But it is different than what you would expect to receive at a school, so it's sure. not necessarily interchangeable. And before we move on from that topic, we've got a lot of great information, some videos, even a recent podcast we did with the director of the Virtual Academy. If you go to the EVSC website, you can go from there to the website for the EVSC right. Virtual Academy if you're interested in digging Absolutely. deeper into that. So let's back up just for a second to option one, that learning at school option, which again is where students are going to be coming to school. I know, as you said, we still have six weeks before school reopens. So we're going to be continuing to work diligently to iron out details and the what if situations. But again, we're doing everything we can to create as safe of an environment as possible with students in the building. And if you, do you want to just elaborate on that just a bit more in terms of just some of the things we're even looking at? Well, certainly. Well, um, our schools are actually built for the opposite of <laughs> right. social distancing. Uh, but I think, you know, one of the hallmarks of EVSC is that we're a very innovative school district. So um, we understand the importance of social distancing. So that would mean that we we base the number of students 
in the classroom based upon being able to maintain social distancing. So what does that look like? Well, then that means that we uh, will employ a variety of strategies to instruct our students and we will utilize every space in the school and perhaps for uh, reasons that had not been intended before. Mm -hmm. But um, we do have good plans and they are all uniquely crafted to our schools. But it's important, I think, for the public to know that we and we fully intend in the latter part of June to be in session August the 5th in our brick and mortar setting. Right. And then to have other options if that brick and mortar setting doesn't work. But as you go back into that traditional brick and mortar setting, things will be different in terms of social distancing, in terms of hallway directional signs, probably will not utilize lockers. Uh, Lunch will probably be a grab and go situation instead of ordering things a la carte uh, or uh, individual or kids can bring things from home for their lunch. But just those kind of things to eliminate congestion, to make certain that we can adhere to those great social distancing practices so that we can limit to the very best of our ability the spread of COVID-19, because that is paramount in our mind. Well, you're exactly right about that. And I think it's important, too, for for people hearing this to know that all of our schools are unique, too, in terms of, you know, we have schools of, of course, different configurations, whether it's elementary or middle or high school, or we have a junior high, or we have some K-5, some K-6. We have schools with larger facilities, smaller facilities, larger enrollments, smaller enrollments. So all, you know, we're not going to take a one-size-fits-all approach because we are going to be able to tweak somewhat within each school to create the environment where kids can learn in an effective manner, but as you said, in a very safe manner as well. Absolutely. And and just one example of I think why it's important that we get this message out now is that we want parents to know what to expect. And we also want parents to know that we intend to go every day as opposed to yes. the every other day option. And then that that decision also impacts in a domino effect how our individual schools will will not only staff, but will also schedule their students. Sure. Um, let's talk about a couple of things then coming up here in the near future. And and I want to preface it by saying this. We're going to stick to the same commitment we've made all along, but especially back to when this pandemic started, when we first had to close in the middle of March. We're going to continue to share information. So we're sharing this today for our community as we figure out more and get more specific information, you and I are going to have continued conversations because we want people to know exactly where we're at at all times. I know here in the very near future, you and I are going to have a Facebook Live event uh, because of input we're seeking. You want to talk briefly about what you're thinking with that? Certainly. And we've received input from parents all along. Sure. It's not been a formal process or, or broadcast very widely because we need to do our due diligence and collect a lot of information and sure. from various points as well as the expectations and the regulations and guidelines that will be placed upon us. But in the very near future, we will do the Facebook Live as the opportunity to not only disseminate information to our parents, but also to collect information, to answer their questions and to hear their suggestions that they may have. We know that uh, this is going to take a great deal of collaboration with our parents, with our families, as well as a great deal of cooperation mm-hmm. between our parents and our schools. So, so um, the, the unique partnership that schools have with their parents is, is so, so and vital, and we want to certainly gather the input of our parents. Sure. So we don't have a date set yet, but again, it's going to be in the very near future. We're going to promote that on social media as soon as we have that. And we hope to get really a lot of ongoing 
uh, input on that because we really want to do here the questions. We're trying to think of everything, but it helps if you have those open lines of communication with our families that we value so much. Absolutely. So, uh, also then coming up here, I believe in two weeks, we are putting together just a br- very brief um, survey that we're going to be sending out. You want to touch base on on why that's going to be important? Sure. It really is an opportunity for us to gather input uh, from our families. So as we mentioned earlier, option A, learning at, at school really is the default. So unless parents would contact us, that would be the expectations. We'll, we'll expect to see your kiddos then August the 5th in the brick and mortar setting. However, if there is something uh, that causes you some concern or that you feel like that would not work for you, then we want to know of your desire to enter into option B, which is the remote learning, Mm -hmm. uh, or option C, which is our virtual academy. So in order to get that information from our families, uh, we're going to put out, it's really kind of a questionnaire, uh, the week of July 6th through July 10th, and we would ask that if you're going to opt for option B or option C, that you would let us know that through that questionnaire uh, the week that of uh, July 6th through 10th when that will be coming out. Okay. So, well, this has been a lot of information to share. And, and I do think the most important thing that we needed to get out uh, that you said, along with everything we've talked about, is the fact that we are going to be reopening for that traditional learning environment return to school. And as you said, it's not going to be on an every other day format because we know parents have to be able to plan ahead if they're going to try to create some normalcy in their own home and with their own work environment. So I think that's important to know. But again, we want people to know there are options if for some reason that doesn't work for you. So anything else you'd like to leave us with today before we wrap up? And again, we know we're going to have ongoing conversations. Yeah, well, I guess we like to work in threes three guiding principles <laughs> right health and well-being of our students and our and our staff number one number two making certain that we have options for everybody from as we go from reopening to recovering and third collaboration cooperation is going to be key and then the three options learning at school remote or, or virtual learning And, you know, as we wrap up, I think one thing that has really stood out throughout this entire very unique situation that none of us has ever have ever seen is just you talked about it, that collaboration, that relationship with families. My goodness, when you look at that sudden closure and learning from home and now as we move forward, just incredible about the families we serve here in our community. Yeah. And so much appreciation uh, to our families. Uh, Incredible. Certainly, that's never taken for granted. Want to once again reiterate our appreciation for our families and also for the staff that's going to come back and work with uh, our kids. Uh, very exciting for that reopening, but we want to make certain that everybody feels comfortable with what we're doing and we're going to do it in the right way. We'll get it done. Amen. Well said. So more information to come. We'll get that survey out in a couple of weeks. We'll certainly let people know when that's going to happen. Uh, We'll promote when we're going to have this Facebook live event so that we can continue to get additional feedback. And as we have more information, we're going to be sharing. So David Smith, superintendent, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you.